This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We thank him upon all conditions. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless all his companions, his entire household. May Allah bless every single one of us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our offspring, those to come up to the end. May Allah keep us all steadfast on this deen. Ameen. My brothers and sisters, there is a straight path that we keep asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us upon. What is that path? If you take a look at Surah Al-Fatiha, it is a surah right at the beginning of the Quran in the sequence that Allah has chosen. And it is known as the opening, Al-Fatiha, the opening surah. In that surah, there is only one supplication, one dua. There is praise of Allah. There is a lot of praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is one dua. What is that dua? Guide us to the straight path. That straight path is absolutely important for us to remain upon. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to remain steadfast on that beautiful path. In Surah Al-An'am, verse number 153, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how there are other paths that are the offshoots of the straight path in the sense that if a person wanders off, they would actually end up on the wrong path. So this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the instruction to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to tell us all that indeed this is the straight path, my path, the straight path. So follow it and do not follow the paths that are on the side, lest you will be led astray from that straight path. Brothers and sisters, it's quite clear. Allah has blessed us with the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We have the deen in front of us. We know what is the straight path. Let us learn to walk upon and tread that straight path. It is absolutely important. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from falling into the hands of the devil. Ameen. Surah Al-A'raf, Allah makes mention of the story of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam and how he committed a sin. It's not up to us to hold that against him. It was all part of the bigger plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to get mankind to come onto the earth. Initially, Adam alayhi salatu wasalam was in paradise. There is a discussion, which paradise? The debate is actually not necessary. He was in a place that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called Jannah. And there he was tested. Now the reason why the question is whether it is the Jannah we will be going to later on or it was another Jannah is because in the Jannah we are going to go, there is no restriction. You do as you want. But the Jannah that he was in, there was a restriction. Don't eat from this fruit. That's it. No other restriction. Allah told him one thing. 
do as you wish here in this paradise. But one thing I don't want you to do, and that is to consume from this fruit. Sadly and unfortunately, shaitan came to him, and you and I know that he ate from the fruit. But listen to what happened thereafter. Look, this is something beautiful. Wherever Allah has instructed me to do things, and whenever he has instructed you to do things, if you make a mistake, there is a way out. What is that way out? To seek the forgiveness of Allah. Follow the footsteps of Adam alayhi salam. Allah wanted to teach those to come later that when you make a mistake, this is what you should do. We did forgive Adam alayhi salam. Allah forgave him because of the words. Allah says, فَتَلَقَّى آدَمُ مِن رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتٍ فَتَابَ Making mention of the beautiful words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. And Allah says, we forgave Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. But as a result, you know, he had to come onto the earth. When a person chops his hand off and then he realizes, like someone who tattoos, you know, during the days of ignorance, a lot of the people decide tattoo is the in thing. Let's tattoo. Permanent. I want it. So you actually, and it's so foolish to actually engrave your girlfriend's name onto your back, not realizing that three weeks down the line you broke up. Now what to do? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. So you don't be foolish. Don't do that. Not at all. But those who have done something of that nature, when they seek the forgiveness of Allah from those tattoos that were done during the time of ignorance, if they were permanent, it's not going to be possible to remove those tattoos. But Allah will still forgive you. You'll have to live with that. Like I said, a person cuts his hand. Then he says, Oh Allah, forgive me. What I did was so foolish. Allah says, I've forgiven you. But now you will have to remain without that hand. Allahu Akbar. I've forgiven you, but now you will remain with those tattoos. And you might have to have comments from people, are you really Muslim? And so on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. Never be judgmental, my brothers and sisters. People perhaps have sought the forgiveness of Allah and been forgiven a long time back. But sometimes there's nothing they could actually do about changing things physically. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a deep understanding. Some things come up to my mind. Nowadays, we have many unwanted pregnancies and children who perhaps are born outside of wedlock. The question is, will Allah forgive you for that? If you have asked Allah's forgiveness. We are not encouraging it in any way. Foolish would be the one who thinks we are promoting it. Impossible. It's wrong. It's unacceptable. But if it has happened, seek the forgiveness of Allah. He will forgive you. Remember this. Seek the forgiveness of Allah. He will forgive you. You are not doomed for life. There is no sin that Allah will not forgive besides shirk. If you die without seeking forgiveness from shirk, that's the only time that will not be forgiven. But even if you seek forgiveness from shirk, you will be forgiven like the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They were mostly predominantly from among the mushrikeen before they sought forgiveness. They, pay, they became the best of those to tread the earth after the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon them all. Ameen. So Allah says in verse number 23 that Adam alayhi salam and his wife Hawa Eve may peace be upon her and them both in fact they said a statement Qala, they said the following and this is a beautiful dua I'm sure a lot of us know it off by heart it's the way to seek the forgiveness of Allah Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin They said, O oh our Rabb, we have wronged ourselves. We have wronged ourselves, O oh Allah. If you don't forgive us, and if you don't have mercy on us, then we will definitely be from among the losers. 
Allahu Akbar. Brothers and sisters, those words opened the door of the mercy of Allah. Allah had mercy on them, Allah forgave them. Use the same words to seek the forgiveness of Allah when you and I are seeking the forgiveness of Allah. Oh Allah, oh our Rabb, we have wronged ourselves. And if you don't forgive us, and if you don't show mercy upon us, we will be the losers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. Remember, if you want to save yourself from the punishment of this world and the next, keep seeking the forgiveness of Allah using beautiful words. Allah will not punish you while you are seeking forgiveness. Remember that. So if ever something is coming in your direction, something that you are scared of, perhaps a loss, perhaps some form of fear, and you think this might be punishment, start seeking the forgiveness of Allah. Allah says, Allah will not punish them while they are seeking forgiveness of His. What a beautiful lesson taught to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah forgive us. And be genuine when you are seeking forgiveness. Don't just say, oh Allah, forgive me, forgive me. And as soon as you see that this thing is now going away, you go back to the club, back to the pub, back to gambling, back to adultery, back to pornography, back to everything else. No, we seek forgiveness wholly for the sake of Allah. May Allah strengthen us all. Then there comes a very important issue that we learn. When a person commits sin, they become shameless. Shameless meaning it's something that exposes the evil side of them or the human side in some cases if a person makes that sin or commits the sin out of human nature or forgetfulness. But if they do it intentionally, they know, they thought about it, they understood, they thought of the punishment of Allah and still they went to do it, Allah says, hang on. That is actually very, very bad. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May He strengthen us. So when Adam alayhi salatu wasalam and his wife ate from the forbidden fruit, their private parts were shown. They were concealed in a heavenly way, in a divine way before that. But once they consumed, Allah exposed them. So they quickly rushed. They rushed to get something to cover themselves. And later on when they came onto the earth, Allah says, look, we will give you a gift known as clothing. And we want to explain to you why we are giving you that as a gift. So Allah explains why He's given us clothing. If we were not given this as a gift, we would have been just like animals. Animals move around, no clothing, no cover. They want to urinate, they do it in front of everyone. They want to actually do something bad, they won't even bother who is watching and who's not watching. Those are animals. Human beings are different. We save ourselves from the shamelessness and the embarrassment of this world and the next. So Allah says, verse number 26 of Surah Al-A'raf, Ya Bani Adam, qad anzalna alaykum libasan yuwari sawatikum warisha. O children of Adam, we have indeed sent to you clothing to cover yourselves and as adornment. Two things. We sent you clothing to cover yourselves and as adornment. It is amazing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us this is to cover yourselves, to cover your private parts. Subhanallah. And as adornment, which means it will look good, it will look okay. You know, you, you iron your clothes, it makes such a big difference. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us all get a spike like the one I have here, mashallah. <laughs> subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. It's amazing, it's unique. That doesn't mean that we should wear something haram, something forbidden or in a haram way. Some people wear in order to expose. Why is it haram? It's haram because Allah has revealed clothing in order for you to cover, not to expose. 
That's why it's prohibited. Allah says, I sent you clothing to cover. I didn't send you clothing so that you can show the world what you have. As tight as it comes, as thin as it comes. And you think, wow, that's me and my shape. That shape will go one day. And you won't be able to show what you have. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all with good health. I mean, what's more important is to be healthy. And to be healthy even spiritually. Extremely important. If we are healthy physically and your spirit is dead, meaning you have no connection with Allah, trust me, you are not looking forward to anything but doom. You won't be able to save yourselves, my brothers and sisters. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says immediately after that, The clothing of piety, that is better, better. What is the meaning of clothing of piety? You wear clothing, when people see you, they can immediately connect you with Allah, which means you have a connection with Allah. There is immediately a sign, this person is really a decent person. They are modest, they are good, they are kind, they are conscious of their maker. As soon as you see someone and you say, this person, mashallah, they dressed properly, alhamdulillah. You know, we use the term Islamically, dressed properly, Islamically. You might ask, what are the restrictions? Well, it's quite broad. Allah doesn't say you have to wear this color and this and this and that. He says you must wear clothing that is acceptable. It covers your body in the proper way, male and female. A lot of the men think, you know, the issue of clothing is only for women. No, it's for men as well. If you wear tight clothing, if you want to show your chest and you want to wear the t-shirt to show yourself, that is also wrong. It's not called libas taqwa. Don't think because I'm a man, there is no restriction. I can have my bottoms halfway down my backside with my undies showing when I'm going to sujood. That's unacceptable. May Allah forgive us. One young man, when I told him, you know, your undies are showing, he said, did you see the Levi's? What are you talking about? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. That's not what it's supposed to be. Cover yourself. You will enter paradise. You will save yourself by covering yourself. Come on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to fulfill this beautiful verse that is here. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. Imagine libas taqwa Also the meaning of libas taqwa is to adorn yourself with the consciousness of Allah. Here we are talking of besides clothing. My character and conduct is an extension of my clothing. Do you know that? If I'm dressed appropriately, covered from head to toe, you find some women dressed head to toe. Some men, mashallah, they have big beards and they are dressed with a long, you know, thobe and so on. And they swear and they are dirty and vulgar and they are immoral. That is worse. That is worse. Allah says, watch out. Let your entire clothing be that of taqwa. Protect yourself. Make sure you're a person who is wholly dressed. Not just dressed outwardly and inside everything is bamboo. Not at all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, you know, when you are coming forth to pray for the sake of Allah, wear proper clothing. Take your dressing seriously. When? When you want to prostrate for Allah. You're coming to the masjid, dress properly. Dress smart, neat. For who? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gave you the body. He gave you everything. Come properly dressed. Smell good. Subhanallah, listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, verse number 31, Surah Al-A'raf. Ya bani Adam khudu zinatakum inda kulli masjid. O children of Adam. Look at how beautifully Allah addresses us. O children of Adam. Take your dressing or your adornment. Adorn yourselves correctly when you are coming to the masjid. Masjid refers to two things. One is the houses of Allah and two is the place of prostration. Also known as masjid, sujood. You want to read salah, 
and suddenly we come in our PJs and our hair is like this and everything else is out of the way and we don't even, you know, we're dressed in a, in a little uh, three-quarter and we just come to the house of Allah as though we're about to meet a gardener outside. Astaghfirullah. A'udhu Billah. That is terrible. You're supposed to be dressed in a beautiful way. You shouldn't be embarrassed. You shouldn't be embarrassed if you were to meet an important person in that masjid. For indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more important than anyone you can meet. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. This is why it's important to take pride in your dressing. You come to the masjid, mashallah. You need to be dressed appropriately. Well, people say, but why are you dressing? Well, for Allah, subhanallah. Have you not heard that? Here it is. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says immediately after that, the same verse. وَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا وَلَا تُسْرِفُوا Eat and drink, but don't be wasteful. Don't be wasteful. Eat and drink. Allah has blessed you with food and Allah has blessed you with drink, but do not waste even if you are wealthy, even if you have a lot of food. Don't waste that food because if you waste it, it is considered ingratitude as well. You're not grateful. Allah blessed you. Don't cook so much. You are two people to eat and you've cooked for 20. The rest of it goes into the bin. Not at all. If you have cooked a lot, learn to give that to those who are needy. You know, when you take in your plate, learn to take a little bit, finish it up. If you want to eat a little bit more, you may do so. When you get off the table, you shouldn't have filled your belly right to the top. That is also a waste. You need to leave a portion for water and a portion for air. That's the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. People say, hey, in Ramadan we're gaining weight. What? <laughs> Did I just hear gaining weight? You're supposed to be losing weight. Hey, but you know what? When we see the, the moon, subhanallah, have you heard the joke lately? They say someone got into the kitchen and asked the mother-in-law, what would you like me to do? She says, just call the adhan of maghrib. Which means I'd like the maghrib to start so that I can eat. May Allah forgive us. It, it, it's, I don't think it's a true story actually. Mothers-in-law are quite innocent, alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. So, when we see the, the, the time has now set in, it doesn't mean you need to pack away as much as you can. There is no qada for food. It doesn't mean you missed a meal, so now you've got to eat double and triple in the evening. No, qada is only for missed prayer, my brothers and sisters. Remember, you eat a little bit. You thank Allah. Don't waste. This is what Allah is saying. Wala tusrifu. Allah does not like those who are wasteful. So save yourselves from being disliked by Allah by not being wasteful when it comes to consuming, when it comes to food and eating and drinking. Subhanallah. As simple as that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us strength. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the children of Adam something else. He says from time to time, I will send you messengers who will read to you my verses. If you are conscious of me and if you reform yourself correctly when you hear that then there is no need for you to fear or be sad listen to what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says verse number 35 ya bani adama imma ya'tiyannakum rusulun minkum yaqussuna alaykum ayati o children of adam every time there is a messenger who comes to you from amongst you Reading my verses to you, فَمَنِ اتَّقَى وَأَصْلَحْ فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Whoever becomes conscious of Allah as a result and reforms or changes his or her bad ways or habits, then there is no need for them to be fearful or to be sad. And we will ensure that fear or sadness does not overtake them. So protect yourselves, save yourselves from fear and sadness by listening to the verses of Allah and letting them 
impact upon you correctly so that you can reform yourself and become conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amazing lesson from this beautiful verse. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the communication between the people who will be cast in hellfire and those in heaven. There will be a discussion between the two. One will call out to the other. This one will call out to that one. What will be the discussion? I'm only going to one side of it because I want to draw a beautiful lesson how we can save ourselves from being from amongst those who will be cast into hellfire. Verse number 50 of Surah Al-A'raf and 51. Allah says, وَنَادَى أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ أَصْحَابَ الْجَنَّةِ أَنْ أَفِيضُوا عَلَيْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ أَوْ مِمَّا رَزَقَكُمُ اللَّهِ The people of hellfire will call out to the people of heaven saying, Please pour upon us any water or any liquid that Allah has given you. Pour it on us. We are burning here. It is, you know, the punishment of hellfire. Pour on us any form of liquid, any water that Allah has bestowed upon you. And the answer will come from the people of heaven. Allah has prohibited that upon the disbelievers. Allah has prohibited us from helping you. We can't help you. We are not allowed to pour water over you. So Allah describes who are those who are such great losers that they have to go into hell. Those who took their religion as an amusement and as a play, they did not take their religion seriously. And they are the ones whom the world, they became deceived by this worldly life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this day we will forget them just like they forgot us. So don't forget Allah. If you want to save yourselves from being cast into hellfire, don't forget Allah. Don't allow this worldly life to deceive you and at the same time, take your religion seriously. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Imagine this discussion happening between these two parties and they cannot do anything about it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then makes mention of the stories of some of the prophets in Surah Al-A'raf as well. And we hear the prophet Noah, may peace be upon him. Lut alayhi salatu wassalam. Hud, may peace be upon him. The prophet Salih, may peace be upon him. Allah makes mention of them. And one thing that comes out quite clear is the people didn't accept the message because they were claiming you are just a member of our community. How come suddenly you've become a prophet? So Allah makes mention of this a few times. Were you surprised that Allah sent a messenger to you from amongst you, a man from you? Allah chose him and said, you know what? You go, we are confirming that you're a prophet. We are appointing you as a prophet and you go and remind your people. So Allah says, remember, the fact that we chose these people, that was in our hands. Allah is the one who decides. Allah is the one who knows best where he is going to keep that message of his. Now, one might ask, how does it apply to us? 
It applies to us because members from our own community will get up to remind us the verses of Allah. They will recite the verses, they will remind. Human beings we know, those who are just like us, perhaps they are going through difficulties like us. They are humans, they are not even messengers in our case. They are not even perfect, they are human beings. You know the ulama, we've spoken about them in the past as well, and I'm saying it again, they are not prophets of Allah. The scholars are not prophets. The difference is, scholars can make a few mistakes. You might have to excuse those errors, but when they are right, and most of the time they would be telling you that from Allah's Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and that which is valid and upright, sometimes their human weakness might lead them to do something. It doesn't mean you discount the message. This is why it's important and I'm going to say something. People make a big deal of the speaker, of the scholar. Wow, you know, big deal. I need to meet this man. I need to shake his hand. I need to have a selfie with him. Wallahi, it is not the man who has brought the message that should shake you. It is the message itself that should shake you. Tomorrow, if that man commits a sin and he lets everybody down, some people will quit their faith thinking this religious man didn't follow Islam himself. Because they were clinging on to the man. But those who were clinging on to the message, guess what? They will become strengthened and they will carry on and they will swim even further. Because they knew the man is doing his duty. Yes, we respect him. Yes, we honor him. But we don't have to go beyond the limits with him because he is a mere mortal. He's a human being. He is fallible. He can make mistakes and he will make mistakes. So remember, it's the message that is powerful. Not the one who's now reciting the verses to you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May He strengthen us. May He grant us focus. May He protect us from the punishment of this world and the next. And may He protect us all in a way that we improve on a daily basis rather than going back. I mean, what a beautiful lesson we have learned here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that He has mentioned the stories of the previous prophets so many times in the Quran because He wants it to be a lesson for you when you know what they did. And when you know what the result was thereafter, you will be able to save yourself from similar punishment by saving yourself from similar deeds and actions. That's powerful. So many stories of the prophets we read. You know, when we are little children, the story of the prophet Jonah, the story of the prophet Joseph, may peace be upon them. I'm just saying the English terms, the story of the prophet Job, Ayyub alayhi salatu wasalam, and so on. We know all these stories, we've read them. Why did you read them? It's not a bedtime story or a tale. We read them because we learned what they said, what their people said, what the response was, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them some time, and how after some time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished them with what type of punishment and why everything is written for us. Do you know why? So we can read it and tell ourselves, if I want to save myself from that type of punishment, I need to also save myself from those type of actions. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and grant us ease and goodness. Then we have verse number 96 of the same surah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about two qualities. Iman and taqwa. These are important qualities to save yourselves from the punishment of Allah. Iman meaning belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Taqwa meaning consciousness of Allah. Develop it in a way that you are becoming a better person every day. That's how you know that I'm heading in the right direction. You don't have to move one meter at a time, even if you move one centimeter at a time, but you're moving in the right direction. You know you're heading somewhere. But if you're moving one meter and the next day you actually go back, subhanallah, then you're losing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. Allah says, 
ولو أن أهل القرى آمنوا واتقوا لفتحنا عليهم بركات من السماء والأرض If the people of the towns had iman and taqwa, we would have opened the doors of blessings from the skies and from the earth. They would have been blessed in every way, in their businesses, in their health, in their families. They required two things. They required iman and taqwa. When they lacked iman and taqwa, وَلَكِنْ كَذَّبُوا فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ But they rejected, they belied, they had no iman, no taqwa. So Allah says, therefore, we punished them because of what they earned. So you want to save yourself? You need to develop these two things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and ease. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also makes mention of something very important and I will end on this point this evening. It is actually verse number 127 of Surah Al-A'raf. Allah speaks about the Pharaoh, Fir'aun. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us, listen carefully. وَقَالَ الْمَلَأُ مِن قَوْمِ فِرْعَوْنَ أَتَذَرُ مُوسَى وَقَوْمَهُ لِيُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ the cronies, the chiefs who were in that parliament of Fir'aun or who were close to him, they told him, you know, they were pinning him. They told him, are you going to leave Moses and Aaron and all these people, may peace be upon them. Are you going to leave Musa and Harun salam, doing whatever they're doing now? You're going to leave them on earth. Aren't you going to do something about it? So he became arrogant and he started saying, yes, I'm going to fix them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Do you know what lesson we learn? My brothers and sisters, the company you keep can twist your mind. If they were honest people, they would have said, listen, don't mess. Listen, stay away. Listen, watch out. Anything that happens in our lives, watch who your advisors are. For indeed, if they give you wrong advice, no matter how good or bad you are, you could actually make the worst decisions ever. Learn from the Pharaoh. What didn't he have? But he became arrogant. Yes, it was his fault as well. But here we are taught that those people also, they spoke to him. Sometimes you have a bad person, but he makes very good decisions because he's got some really good advisors who tell him, hey, you know what? I suggest you apologize. I suggest you make amends. I suggest this. I suggest that. And mashallah, everything keeps flowing. And the bad person comes up with some really good things. But sometimes you have a very, very good person and they make the worst decisions in life and they say the worst things and it end, they end up failing, not because they were bad, but because they allowed their company to be made up of people who ill-advised them. Let's be careful about this. Save yourselves, my brothers and sisters, by having good company, good friends, good advisors. May Allah protect us all.